Just a quick note to our listeners, we had to record this episode without Lena because of some power failures due to storms. Hopefully you'll still enjoy the episode despite it being less Sanjana-y. But she's coming back next time better than ever. Previously on Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. Bambi, Greg, Sanjana, what's the plan? We need to find who will know where the pirates hang out. We should probably stay together. I'm gonna keep an eye on Greg. Yeah, he might start lighting buildings on fire again. You know that there are four or five different places that he is generally known to frequent. The Chisel Jaw was not one of them. The ship name is the Tenacity. Usually the first place he stops in after he disembarks. A seaside bar, the Weak Old Tuna. It's quiet, it's grim, it's poorly lit. Also, unlike the Chisel Jaw, everyone is armed. The bartender is a leather-skinned, old halfling. A lot has been going on. Has Bambi felt anything? You feel a biting on your lower lip. There aren't goosebumps yet, but you feel as though they're coming. Okay. Detect thoughts. Where is Denozo? You are looking for a dangerous man. He's a little crazy. He pushed off about 20 minutes ago. Said something about Dual Island. Did he take his whole crew with him? Uh, passed out bastard. Walks away and gives a head nod to the back room door. Sanjana, Bambi, come here. There's a guy in the back. Part of his crew. Left behind? Allegedly. Sleeping it off. We'll go to natural philosophy first, and I'll pay for exactly what we got before. Do you want the protection plan? I'll pay 96 gold then. Well, let's hope this is the last time we have to purchase these. Duh. Welcome to Ilfandoria Magica. We're here to buy two gallons of teleportation chalk sticks and also three advanced spellcaster component packs. I will bring it right out. Excuse me. Stupid nephew. Count them on. Count them on. I hope the nephew. One, two, three. (laughs) The uncle returns from the back room. He's struggling with a sealed two-gallon bucket. It might not be all two gallons, but it's about that. It's what he has. Could we reduce the price by a little bit? Because it appears to me that this is not the full two gallons. You, you cannot find this anywhere else. This is only in my shop. Okay, well then I'll take what you have and the three advanced spell components for the 6,000 that we talked about. Also, do you have something called a bag of holding? I sold my last one this evening, but uh, let me check the back. And he comes back out rather quickly, actually. This is the handy haversack. Because it's a magic item, it wouldn't melt, correct? That is true. How much is the haversack? We will settle at 2275. He spits in his hand and he shakes on it. I spit in the mage hand and I shake it. But why don't you just shake his hand? I'm going to wink at Martello and I'm going to say I have a lot of other tricks up my sleeve. I wanted to be friends, but is there more? A bisexual icon. We stand. <laughs> 8,275 gold pieces later. Done and done. You have your two-gallon bucket of chalksticks. You have your handy haversack. You have your three advanced spell components pouches. And you have significantly less weight in gold. Cool. So let's go to Allegresso. Everything is very bright. Everything is very clean, very chic. And everything, absolutely everything, has a very big price tag. This young dwarven lass in a black dress, Donatella or something. Who knows? Yeah, sure. Donatella. Thank you. Hello, Donatella. Yes, I'm here to purchase rather a large quantity of high quality gems that you have here. And I show her the list. Excuse me a moment. You're there for all of five seconds before this white-haired, sparkling dwarven woman, beard flowing in the wind. Every inch of her 
has emeralds and rubies and sapphires and just the sparkliest, gaudiest stuff all sewn into her clothes, adorning her fingers, sewn into her lovely beard. Majestic. You've come to the right place. Please follow me. And walks you back to the private room. Oh, man, this keeps on happening. Donatella, the box, please. Yes, ma'am. May I just ask? Please. Is this for you? Uh, no, this is not. This is for a uh, wizard that we know of. I see. I'll be certain to make sure that everything on your list is taken care of. In the meantime, enjoy your beverages. You mentioned uh, wizard. Out of curiosity, does a wizard have a name? Yes, he does, in fact. His name is Falroshan. He's, he's a nice guy. I'm going to write it down so I can make sure I get it wrong later. And that's where we'll be picking up. Welcome back to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. I'm Scott, he, him, and I'm the DM. Hi, I'm Tommy, he, him pronouns, and I play Lieutenant Banked Marceau. Hi, I'm DeSombra, she, her pronouns, and I play Greg. Hi, I'm Lena, she, her, and I play Sanjana. Hi, I'm Jin, they, them, and I play Bambi. And guest starring Juan, he, him, as Martello Limo Ramiro Ursino Agosto Tursi. Greg, Bambi, absent Sanjana who will be autopiloted by your humble DM. (laughs) The bartender kind of nods toward the door. Mm. Yeah, so Bambi, you think you can do that vine trick again? Anything you need, sugar. Think I might need some muscle too, Sanjana. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be fun. Your voice has changed. Yellow horse there. I'm trying my best here. Whatever. (laughs) We need to be very composed. We keep them isolated. We don't want them to move, is what I'm saying. I can do that. And Sanjan, you could be bad cop. Or good cop, whatever you want. Whatever you need. All right, let's go. Big turtle walking around. <laughs> very stealthy. So Greg grabs his drink, walks over to the door. We enter the room. Inside the back room of the Week Old Tuna, you find a number of different kinds and types of barrels smelling of various substances. Some of them might be what passes for food that they serve customers, and others might be varying levels of cheap booze. But the room itself is dingy and unlit, although that doesn't bother any of you at the moment. With your vision in the dark, in the back corner, leaned up against a barrel, a huddled form lightly snoring. Stealth checks, please. Oh no. That's hysterical. (laughs) Bambi, calm down. Why do you gotta be stomping everywhere? Sorry, sorry, I'm just not used to this. So Sanjana has a 24 total. Nice. How about y'all? Well, Greg rolled a 21, being all his stealthy self with his, what is it, 450 pounds or something like that? (laughs) Something ridiculous, yes. Bambi rolled a three. (sighs) So Greg and Sanjana, 
enter through the door and then fade into the shadows. Meanwhile, Bambi tries to fade into the shadows and then face plants forward. You hear from the corner of the room. There. Bambi's going to hit the deck and just try to press into the ground. Are you okay? I fail. I, um... You think you can help me up? Yeah, um, sure, boss. Uh, Mike, whoever you is. Uh, give me, give me a second. Oh, you need some water, man. What, what the, uh, how did you... Oh, hey, you're back here, too. Oh, I don't belong here. I'm just gonna... No, 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 no. why you stay? Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I'll just get out of your way. As he turns sideways and tries to sidle past you. Why do you stay? Bambi's going to cast Entangle. Uh, so this is a dexterity saving throw, I believe? Uh, strength. Strength. What is your DC? Uh, 15. That's a hard no. He is bound by vines growing up from the floor of the back room with weak old tuna. He is now ensnared, and he has been pulled to his knees. All right, buddy. Just calm down. I want to know... Just a little bit about what's going on here. Who's your crew? Who you with? I'm going to need you to make an intimidate check. (laughs) Just as you do that, Sanjana's knife appears out of the darkness and slides carefully right along his neck. Hey there, sweetie. I'm doing an intimidation check. Yes, and you get advantage from the assistance offered to you by Sanjana with her knife pressed firmly against this person's throat. Just so everyone knows, I have plus eight intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> there it goes. Fifteen. Well, that beats a five. The uncomfortable silence is followed by a slowly rising smell. Did he pee himself? He peed himself. Good. Now tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Leak the information from your mouth, not from your bits. <laughs> I'm, I'm a deckhand for, for Captain Dinozo of the Uh, What? Say it again. Loud. Er, hard of hearing over here. And he's just like getting his face really close to him. Just staring at you. (laughs) Deeply uncomfortable, but held in place by vines and with a knife to his throat. And a nice Chianti. (laughs) Sorry, I'm having too much fun here. That's the point. Go on. The scent of urine wafting up towards you. He relays the information that he is a deckhand for the tenacity under the command of Captain Dinozo. They sail out of Honeyport, or, sorry, no, hold on. Gotta get my facts straight. <laughs> the facts that I made up. They sail out of Flower Harbor, and they are a legitimate business venture. And that part is said, like, wrote and practiced. Okay, what kind of legitimate business you got? Maybe we're in the market for some goods and services. I don't know why that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> Uh, acquisitions and mergers. Mergers and acquisitions. Yeah, of what? Of of the vessels? So you steal ships. I'm, I'm a, yeah, yeah, we do. Okay, where are you right now? Where's the ship? Well, it's in dock. We was back from a venture. Okay, what kind of venture? I get really close to his face and he's like, I'm breathing on his neck, basically. He's still a little drunk. I may eat him. <laughs> I'm not sure yet. Bambi's actually in the background with her arms crossed. Actually, with this little proud smile, like, I'm involved. This entire time, Bambi, you're feeling like the sensation of biting your lower lip. 
it's never a comfortable sensation. <laughs> she just kind of worries her lip a little bit, like rubs it in response. Sanjana gets real close to this deckhand. What's your name, Sonny? Oh, uh, my, my name is, uh, wh- whatever you need it to be. Just please don't slit the throat. Good answer. Oh, darling. They ain't gonna slit your throat. How about you tell me how many men are in your crew? Or women? We're a very forward-thinking crew. We do have quite a few women. In fact, a doctor's a woman. Yeah, a surgeon who cuts off other people's legs. But totally a legitimate business right there. Yeah. So you're human trafficking and also selling their limbs on the black market. Is that correct? No, 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 no. It's your purely goods and services. So you sell people's organs. Uh, I've never sold no one's organs. Anyway, I want to know numbers. Who's in your crew? Who's on the ship in the dock now? Or I'm going to rip your damn neck off. He tries to, like, reach for his throat, but his hands are bound. Uh, okay, there's, uh, there's Jeff, there's Bob, there's Vincent, there's, uh, Shelly, there's, and he just starts listing off, like, a dozen names or so. There's that guy I don't like, there's that lady I don't like, uh, there's that lady I do like but won't talk to me. You don't know her name. Uh, there's a captain, there's Dr. Claw, there's the wizard Joey. He just goes by Breezy, but he's the quartermaster. There's the first mate, Mr. Brisbane. Um, by the way, can you guys write this down for me? Because I'm making these up off the top of my head. I'm typing them. Oh, thank God. I'm not spelling them correctly, though. I'm sorry. My spelling is bad. So if I have the surgeon, who is Dr. Claw, Jeff, Bob, Vincent, Guy, Shelly, other person, Dinozo, the wizard, Joey, Breezy, and the first mate, Bruce Bane. Yeah, Mr. Brisbane is the first mate. Oh, Brisbane. So write down that the wizard is the quartermaster. And then there's the bosun. <laughs> Generic bosun NPC. <laughs> Generic bo- Is it the guy who's at the bow? No, no. The bosun is effectively the carpenter. Oh. I see. I don't know these things. I probably should, but I don't. Uh, Boatswain. Uh, it's spelled Boatswain. That means nothing to me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Boatswain is the spelling. The pronunciation is Boatswain. Sort of like how the forecastle is actually pronounced Foxel. That's true. I don't know. Weird English sailing terminology. Who knows? 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There's 12 people in his crew. There's a lot more. And then he starts listing off maybe a dozen more names. So there's 24 people in the crew. Approximately. Oh, and there's Cookie. 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 And what does Cookie do? That's the job and the name. He makes cookies? He's the chef. Cookie. I feel like that was someone's name. Never mind. That's a story for another time. Anyway. What did I name the bosun? NPC. Yeah. Just- oh, generic bosun NPC. Yeah. And Cookie. So Cookie. Right. Cookie. He's who? What does he do? Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> He's a cook. He's a cook. Yeah. Does he make good cookies? Um, we don't really have much of ovens on a ship. It's also, kind of you would call them biscuits, no? I mean, no, you, you call them, well, yeah, but maybe, well, I'm confused. Are we having a conversation or are you threatening me? All right, don't worry about it. To, to be honest, I'm a little confused right now. I'm a bit drunk and I'm pretty sure I'm talking to a turtle. So I'm not 100% clear this is actually happening. Listen, it's not actually happening. Might actually be good if he thinks that we're in a dream. Is this what you dream of? Anyway, I gotta stop. (laughs)
Not done with questions, though. Where is the crew now? Are they out drinking like you are? Well, yeah, they're right outside. Hey, anybody out there? Oh, shush. <laughs> and the bartender just, like, leans over. is like, your crew is gone. Oh. Oh, well, I'm in real trouble then, aren't I? Tell me a little bit about Dinozo. What do you know about him? He got a funny way of talking. He's old. I, I think he would be handsome if he still had his right eye and ear. He's got a cheery disposition. He loves to sing. And he's a good captain. He's a really good captain, actually. Yeah. In fact, he's probably the best captain I ever had. Best job I ever had. Get paid regular, on time. Very few bad experiences with the crew. Maintains order fairly well. Are you looking for a job? Not exactly. Anyway, going back to Dinozo, who'd he run with before? Well, I only been with this crew about a year now. No, 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 no. That's not the question. The question is, do you know who he was running with before your crew? Uh, a tracksuit? He wore tracksuits. What is he in the Russian mob? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I-, I was trying to make a joke and it, it-, it didn't work. I'm sorry. I-, I won't do that again. Darling, I think you're a little not all there. Maybe you might want to just be a little simple with us. Okay. He's been a captain of the Tenacity for a long time. I don't know. I I only joined about a year ago. And it's usually it's a job-by-job basis. It's a contract every time. After all, it's not exactly steady work. I mean, every once in a while, one of us comes back less an eye or uh, less a leg. These things tend to happen on the high seas. You know, all sorts of accidents and such. And you're contracting. By who? Uh, well, the quartermaster draws up the contracts, and Dinozo is the captain, and uh, the quartermaster, Breezy, he all makes us all sign or, or put our mark or, or what have you. And the contract's very nice. It, it details a lot of uh, disability benefits in case, you know, one of us loses a hand and such. And uh, also provisions and shares and such. It's a really good job. I mean, uh, after all, it sure beats being a merchant vessel. There you get paid crap. Why am I starting to feel like we're the bad guys? <laughs> we're not. I promise. Well, actually, I mean, it sounds like it's better than working in the U.S. Yeah. I'm sitting there like, holy crap, I want this job. <laughs> oh, my God. You get full benefits? Being a pirate was very orderly, yes. There was a lot of disability benefits to being a pirate in case, you know, you came back without a hand. But there's also a lot of disability, so that's kind of... <laughs> yeah. There are also provisions and pirate contracts for how to depose the captain in the event that the crew is not happy with the captain. And it's basically, it's a voting situation. Oh yeah, no, it was very democratic. It was very impressive. That said, of course, if someone decided to keep the location of money from you when you were boarding them, I mean, you'd have to cut out their tongues. It's just common practice. You have to build your brand. But yeah, the mythos of disorderly and abusive pirate ships is just as manufactured as the image of a cowboy that we see in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I believe it. In fact, most of the cowboys back in the day were black and Hispanic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And it was only like a 20-year, possibly less, time span, whereas American media makes it seem like 150 years of cowboys until we learned how to be civil. Yeah, well, there's the the whole mythos of the American West that became really popular in the 1950s. Yeah. I still watch a cowboy movie every once in a while. Oh, I love John Wayne films. I love them. It's just not historically accurate. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Moving forward. 
<laughs> so I mean, are you looking for a job the crew might be hot wait no the crew just left the crew just left oh where are they going i don't know i was asleep oh you know um wherever the captain said <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me you don't know where they went they left you here why are you protecting them <laughs> i honestly I'm, I'm a little scared and <laughs> you want to pee yourself again i mean to be honest <laughs> no but the whole situation it really is not my cup of tea there's a knife pressed to my throat there's a turtle thing with bad breath in my face shouting things at me and making me feel bad I'm, I'm covered in vines for some reason i'm really kind of scared right now yes should be and sanjana yeah you should be and he's like okay maybe a little turned on too <laughs> Consider me scared and horny. Actually, that might work. <laughs> Maybe I'll give us more information. I, I, I'll tell you <laughs> if I knew. I mean, honestly, it's just a job. But at the same time, they left me here. I was asleep. All right. I'm casting Detect Thoughts. Sure. So, surface, so you're going to cast it again. He's <laughs> <laughs> only going to cast it with his ass. That's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> what uh, have we started? What hath Greg wrought? <laughs> what hath Greg wrought? And now that the, the smell of pee kind of dissipates, now it's rancid, farts. It's more of a mixture and a milieu, as it were, and it's not more of like a covering as it is a a combination. It's like it's like chocolate and peanut butter. Oh, but farts and pee. You know, two great smells that smell great together. <laughs> so, like, do I have to roll for how bad Greg's farts are? Like, it's like old man. No, farts. we'll just assume it's bad. Like cabbage <laughs> farts. <laughs> Well, blood farts, but okay. Blood farts. Cabbage blood farts. <laughs> cabbage blood farts. Uh, cabbage is spelled C-A-B-G. Coronary artery bypass wrapped. Oh. <laughs> Why do I find that so funny? I scared the cat. Your move, guy. <laughs> Wait, did we ever learn his name? No, but I'm going to go with Petey. Petey. Got it. Because that's a name that I didn't use before. (laughs) Petey. Got it. Petey the pirate. Makes total sense. Definitely works. I'm going to remember that for like ever. So surface level thoughts on this guy. He's scaroused, as he said. (laughs) And everything is like really hazy right now. And things are slowly coming in and slowly going out. Every once in a while, something funny will bubble to the surface and he'll like laugh in his own head. Definitely like too many beers in, hasn't finished sleeping it off yet. This is a really really terrible terrible hangover hangover just waiting to happen. It really is. Uh, uh, You know what? I should be afraid for my life right now. You know what? I am afraid for my life right now. This turtle guy is like really up in my face and I don't, there's, oh God, the smell. Oh, the smell. Oh, that's sharp. I don't like that. Ooh, what's that? Who are you? Hello, nurse. Everywhere. It's pure stream of consciousness. Okay. I want to probe deeper and know what he knows about Dinozo. What is your safety seat? 14, I'm sorry. Oh, right, but he's drunk. Yeah, okay. So because he is drunk, his mental defenses are low and I've given him disadvantage, he fails. You now are peering deeper into his mind. 
the deeper thoughts regarding Genozo. He's been into battle with him. And at one point, somebody asked him and he said, Oh, days, good times they were. Oh, how long ago, Captain? Born before you were. In order to not have to do Genozo voice off the cuff, mm-hmm. he carries the shield around all the time. He had it enchanted with all kinds of crazy stuff. He's seen him use that shield to cause an entire boarding crew to stop in their tracks and just sort of move through the air as if they were like waist deep in molasses. And he's seen him kick people off the side of ships. He's seen him shoulder check people with that shield. He loves that stinking shield. That shield is with him all the time. He uses that shield more than he uses his sword. Anytime anyone asks him about the shield, he just tells them that It's from back in the day, back when he ran with his old crew, decades and decades ago. He hasn't seen a lot of them in years. A lot of them have passed on now, but there are maybe a handful still around that he keeps in touch with. Does he know any of the names? Unfortunately, the names are not part of this guy's memory. Okay. Fair enough. I'm going to try to eat him now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry, Petey. So I'm going to grab his neck and then bite him. Wait, real quick, real quick. More about Dinozo that you would have gotten from his deeper memories. Yeah. The last job that they got on, they successfully raided a vessel and they took on a magical item. It looked like a little statue, but Captain says that, oh, it's too big for the ship. It just looks like a little statue to me, but Captain says, Captain says. So Captain was here to sell something in town to a fence. And then everybody would get their cut in the morning. And so now he's doing like the drunken mental calculus of like, but if they they left left me behind, behind, does that that mean mean I don't get my share? share? What does that that leave me with the contract contract null and void? void? And that's when your snapping turtle mouth parts snap around his neck. (laughs) (laughs) Bambi's going to jump and probably fall into something, not expecting it to just happen without warning. Oh, just one point. Does he know where they put that magical item? Dinozo had it. Just Dinozo had it. He was coming into town to sell it. Oh. Seems important. All right. I chomp on him now. (laughs) (laughs) Sanjana pulls back with her knife out of the way. He's like, oh, but I wanted to keep him. Oh, he wanted to keep that too, but you know. Turtles gotta eat, I guess. So as you are chowing down, physically you feel satisfied, but emotionally, it doesn't taste as much of righteous vindication as the last time. You feel less of that intense hunger that you've been feeling and you hadn't even realized was so intense. And everybody around you just sort of fades out as you enjoy drinking in this person's life force. What happens if I don't finish them? Do they become a vampire? Make a religion check. Okay. (laughs) I rolled a 17. Greg, you would know from the stories of times past that people only typically become vampires after they die. Werewolves is the one where if you bite them and they don't die, then they turn. For that moment, like, lycanthrope versus vampire is, like, in your head, and it's sort of distracting you from your meal, but you remember, like, yeah, if he's not dead, he doesn't turn into a vampire. But if he's dead, then maybe. I think I'm gonna leave him, like, with an inch of his life if I can. He feels bad. He made him pee. (laughs) All right. I need you to roll your bite damage, because it may not be up to you. Oh, perfect. That actually works. So roll 2d6. That's 
six and a four for a 10. His heartbeat begins to slow. And just as you're thinking, oh, maybe I should let him live, you clamp down harder and then release. And he just continues bleeding and he's now slumped forward, held in place by vines. Oops. So he's dead? Yeah. Greg just dealt 19 damage with a bite attack. Oh god, okay. Because if he wasn't dead all the way, then Bambi's got some healing stuff, but he's gone. Well, you could bring him back. I could, but wouldn't he be a zombie? Wait, let's bring him back as a zombie. So right now he is bleeding out. Okay. If he's a zombie, does he have to listen to us? But then he wouldn't have his personality. I cry. Okay. Yeah, we can put him on the ship and they wouldn't even notice. Except for the gaping bite wound on his neck and that he's covered in blood. We'll get you a nice little shawl or something. I don't know. Like, uh, what are those things called that you put around your neck? I think Sanjin's going to pipe in like a squaff. <laughs> yeah, we'll get him a fancy squaff or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make him a zombie. And then we can put, we can, oh, let's make him a zombie. Come on, you know you want to. DM. Yes. How would I do this? So your circle of the spores ability to raise a zombie. Do you have that at this level? Um, I don't think so. Let me look at features and traits. Oh, I want him as a zombie. Symbiotic entity. Halo of spores. I have chill touch. No, I don't think I have it yet. Done. All right. So you don't have the ability to raise him as a zombie yet. No, but I have cure wounds, healing word for healing spells is what I've got. So I'm going to leave it up to you. Bambi's going to bring their hands together and look really worried. Like she's just looking at the corpse and you could tell that she feels really guilty about this, about this whole face scenario. And she feels really conflicted. Well, she assumes that Greg wanted him to die. But she also feels guilty because this guy really didn't seem like a bad guy. Like there's a difference between last time where they killed some really horrible people versus hurting a normal person. Just somebody who wanted to live his life. I can... No, I shouldn't. I... No. And she's just really conflicted. She's just staring at the corpse. So you would have to bring him back as a full person, correct? Yeah, I'd have to just... And you don't know why Greg is so angry either. I'm sorry. No, he hasn't told her. While you're quibbling and equivocating, the choice is made for you. The heartbeat is gone. The power has changed. The eyes are glazed over. PD is no more. Bambi takes a second and blinks. Picks a direction and starts walking. All right, fine. You run into the wall of the room. Thanks. (laughs) Bambi would be the perfect choice to actually just get rid of it. Bambi's disposal so since she's apparently run into the wall i was joking but okay she's gonna press her head to the wall and then she's gonna bang her fist on the wall which is going to really hurt because broken fingers that she never healed herself yeah take a point of damage and then without a word she turns around and kneels in front of the body and starts to dissolve like she's not happy about it but she knows it was going to happen eventually The fresh corpse becomes significantly less fresh and decomposes very quickly within a matter of seconds. 
you can feel nutrients sliding from this body into the mycelium that has taken root in the dead flesh. As more and more spores are released, you breathe them in and that sort of sloshing in your gut that was happening up until now, it starts to slosh a little less and it feels more like a lump now. Damn, question. Yes. Do I stink less now? Now you just stink like mulch, like compost. But like breath. For like the next 20 minutes, you'll probably be belching actively. But But then it'll start to go away. Okay. Like I don't have to worry about hiding the breath anymore. Yeah. You'll just continue smelling like compost for a very, very long time. It's over. They're going to finish. She's been on her hands and knees, push herself up and sit on her feet swallow and then wipe a tear roughly from one side of her face so all that remains of poor Petey are bones and hair Mm, that poor bastard i'm sorry i think greg feels in his heart he feels bad but he was really hungry and really angry well we've all made mistakes yeah sometimes we just murder people i mean what oh by the way you are healed 10 points if you had suffered any damage wait all of us No, you, Greg. That was your necrotic bite. Wait, do I heal my missing point of damage now that I have eaten? No. Cry. I didn't have any points taken away. (laughs) All I have to do is eat someone? Well, no. I mean, no. That sounds terrible. The necrotic damage that you do heals you for the same amount. That's how your bite works. Oh, right. So I don't have any points taken off. So... Okay. Well, next time when you're injured, all you have to do is get a little munch crunch. Turtle noises. Mmm, cute. Oh, hey. This is your friendly neighborhood surly turtle, Greg. And your social media manager, DeSombro. Just cutting in for a quick shameless self-promotion to tell you to like, share, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To take part in polls or ask questions that you'd like us to answer in future Wine and Spirits episodes, or just to enjoy some spicy memes. To find all our handles in one convenient place, you can visit us on our website at rfedpod.com. If you like our show, sharing the show with your friends or leaving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice will really help us grow and reach more people. And if you have a project or a business you'd like to promote on the show, reach out to us at rfedpod at gmail.com. Banked, Martello, you are still in the private room of La Galleria dell'Astro, enjoying your sparkling water and uh, I forgot what drink you ordered, Martello. I think I got the wine. Yes, yes. And your glass of wine. Yeah, I, I can't drink. So your sparkling water, it's, it's very bubbly. And as soon as you sip it, the bubbles do, in fact, literally go to your head. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to tell you, Martello, I don't know if I like the feeling of the bubbles in my mouth. I personally enjoy the tingling. <laughs> of course you do. Quick question. Did you give her the copy of the list or 
how did you? Uh, no, I showed it to her really fast, and then I took it back, and she walked away. Oh, okay. It takes 15, 20 minutes, and eventually, like, a whole team of well-dressed dwarven attendants come in carrying various jars of powdered gem and metals and what have you. And Allegretta glides in with the fancy weights and the scale set up. Darling, which powders would you like to deal with first? I always prefer starting with the most expensive. And I think we should do that. But first, I wanted to talk to you. We're spending a lot of money at your shop. I was wondering if you could give a discount to... The moment you mention the D word, her entire aspect changes. She just shrivels up and her mouth becomes this tight little circle. And she's like, we don't use that word here. What word would you rather me use? I would prefer retail. Is there nothing we can do as he puts on his charming smile and the sparkling of his teeth matching his armor? I am going to need a persuasion check. All right. And because you're doing it, I won't give you disadvantage. Oh, sweet. 24? Well. I'm going to whisper in his ear 10%. 10%. Yes. <laughs> Your reputation precedes you, Martello Limo Romero Augusto Orsino Torsi. I'm sure it does. Well, I can't believe she got it right. 10% for you, darling, is such a difficult ask for me. I think I would need something from you in return. Perhaps you could wear this. And she pulls out La Galleria del Astro t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> for a period of, oh, I don't know, say a month. Make it sleeveless and you have a deal. She claps her hands real quick, and somebody just appears with a pair of scissors. Snip, snip. (laughs) Wow. Talented, too. When she snips it, she does not break eye contact. (laughs) (laughs) I will maintain eye contact as I take off my cloak, take the shirt, put it on over my armor. Oh, fits as though it was tailored for me. (laughs) As he hits one of the levers to make the pec muscles bounce underneath the shirt. There is some movement under there. It's slightly restricted, but, you know, it's still obvious. And, you know, with the shirt over the armor, it's not as gleamy, but it does actually look like there are muscles, actual, like, real muscles through the shirt. Because there are real muscles there, I swear. (laughs) As he puts on the shirt, he starts flexing. Oh, yes, it's true. You've got biceps to spare. Although I don't know why people insist that every last inch of me is covered in hair. It's not true. I mean, look at my nose. That's a solid inch right there. (laughs) It depends on how you measure it, sir. (sighs) sorry anyways (laughs) martello like will turn and give vance a a quick wink (laughs) oh wait no i take it back (laughs) lefou just rises up between the two of you and gives you a death glare banked so all right 10 percent. then i believe let the weighing begin are you done bartering well i mean martello feels like he did an excellent job and got a nice shirt out of it (laughs) he wanted the shirt in the process (laughs) Oh, man. So, okay, this is Tommy speaking. Yes. 10% of 15,000 is 1,500. Yes. And we are missing 1,451, so that means that we would have a spare 9 gold. Uh, Spare 49 gold. 49 gold. Thank you. Yes, because math. If you want to try more, Martello, you certainly can. Martello can't hear you over how fantastic he feels in the shirt. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. LeFou is just like saying, Martello, that shirt is very fetching on you. I just It is, isn't it? I feel like the color really brings out my eyes. It does. It's a beautiful white. Oh, LeFou, I forgot you were there. Welcome back. So the Astro Gallery of Gems, actually, they don't have an official t-shirt, but they do have like geology tees. <laughs> geology. Oh my God. Anyway, if that's the case, if you're done haggling, then 1,500 gold worth of advertising. I'm worth every copper. She quickly brings someone out with a quick contract for you to sign that basically says that you'll be wearing that shirt in public every day for the next month with a possible continuance clause. And you are expected to be present in the marketplace every day within for a certain number of hours. It specifies parts of your daily activity. Martello will take it. <laughs> Hand it to LeFou. <laughs> He's my lawyer, I say about the character based on someone who canonically is illiterate. Oh my god, is he actually illiterate? Yeah, LeFou in both the animated version and the live action version. In the animated version, he was misspelling Gaston's name. In the live action version, he literally says, I forgot that I'm illiterate. <laughs> And I've never had to spell it out loud before. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Josh Gad. Yep. As I as I hand it to LeFou, it's like, huh, he looks over all my paperwork for me. He never lets me down. Everything seems on the up and up, sir. I thought so. And he takes a big quill and marks an X on the bottom. Great. You are now bound to a contract with the Astro Gallery. <laughs> you are now their spokesperson. Congratulations. Ha <laughs> ha. Well, I mean, considering how much 1,500 gold is actually worth, that's not a bad deal. Well, sure, I don't get any of it. Technically speaking, considering the profit margin being made on this sale, she's still well into the black ink on the ledger. Sure. The gem materials are weighed out, and I would like for Banked to please make a perception check. Okay. 17. Now I need to quickly roll off against you. Hold on. As far as I can perceive, these are gems. It's quite exciting, Martello. Oh, yes. That is definitely not a cubic zirconium. <laughs> of course, she's very gracious in allowing you to inspect the gems yourself. Everything is labeled appropriately. Ah, uh, yes. Gem. And you can tell from your perception check that she's ever so slightly putting her pinky on the scale. I see. And it echoes in your mind something that Khaled said. Make, Make sure, sure that, that everything, everything is there, there because that, that duplicity skims, skims off the top. top. Okay. Yeah. I have heard stories and rumors and, and I've heard tales of the quality of your gems. Do you mind if I? And I pull out my own jeweler's coat. By all means, darling. Sure. Uh, I shall make an investigation check with advantage, I assume. The tools allow you to make the check using your proficiency modifier. Yeah. But I am a kind and benevolent DM. <laughs> I got dual 11s. They are what they say they are. The things that are labeled black pearl powder are, in fact, the weird crushed up pimple of oysters. Okay. That's right. Pearls are oyster pimples. So I have no doubts about the quality, but I am going to take out my scale and stuff or i'm going to use her scale and i'm going to check the weights not touching it at this point i feel like martello's probably gotten bored and he started playing patty cake on the side with lefou <laughs> idiots <laughs> patty cake patty cake baker's match <laughs> oh you got me that time 
Uh, no, sir. You got me. Oh, that's right. I just do slide, 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 slide with my mage hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I shall wave the gem dust. All right. So checking the weight, you find that she was, in fact, skimming off the top. She had ever so slightly placed her thumb on the scale, or pinky on the scale. Oh, these silly eyes of mine. Let me correct that for you, darling. And she quietly adds the missing amounts of gem dust. The measures are now correct. Okay. Martell is going to insight check. Yeah, I'm, I wonder what else she's lying to us about. Oh, I'm not. He's, that's not what he's inciting. I'm ju- he's just inciting right now to see if he can figure out that she tried to cheat us. Okay, 12. Oh, it was absolutely just a mistake. After all, this fine, upstanding woman who has recognized your greatness yeah. would never cheat a customer. Absolutely never. A beard as luscious as that would never try to cheat you. Goes to reach out and put a hand on her shoulder. It's all right. Everyone makes mistakes. I forgive you. <laughs> Bait isn't as forgiving. Allegressa, is it possible that you are holding out on us? Because he's very suspicious of her now. Okay. So I'm trying to squeeze out of her whether or not. So then make an insight check. Oh, God. Ten. Of course not, darling. I would never. There's a, a simple accident. Simple accident. A simple accident, darling. And she seems on the up and up. Hmm. Everything gets weighed. The overall mass of everything that you just bought, you just went from like 500 pounds of gold or 400 pounds of gold or however much it was to about a 20 pound chest with vials and the, the, the weight of the chest included. You have just turned a large amount of money into a very small chest. I shall put that into the handy haversack. Are you picking up the crate? The crate? It's a 20 pound crate. Oh, no. I'm going to open my handy haversack and go, Martella, could you please? Oh, of course. And he's going to make a show of, like, flexing to pick it up because he thinks you guys are flirting. <laughs> With you? <laughs> yeah. And so he makes a show like, oh, yeah, no, he's asking for my help because he wants to see me flex. Part of him expects it to be a lot heavier than it is, so he, like, picks it up way too high, way too fast. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> as he, like, awkwardly puts it into the bag. How could that much money make something this small? Things should weigh the same. So she, like, laces her fingers together with her long, bejeweled nails. And with our business concluded, darling, I do wish you the most wonderful night. Yes, indeed. Martello, could you step outside for just a second? I would like to speak to Alagressa with a personal matter. Do you mind? He's just going to insight check real fast. Sure. Watch this be the good insight check. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 17? I'm trying to get a sense of why it is that you would ask me specifically to step out suddenly when it seems like everything's resolved. Sure. Do I contest it, or do you, what do you want to do, DM? Are you trying to hide something from him? Are you trying to... No, I'm going to begin another conversation. Why do you need him to leave the room? Because I'm going to talk about our benefactor. Ah, okay. So you are hiding information from him, even though you're not outright lying, you are obscuring the truth. Yeah. Which is still a deception check. Okay. That's a 24. All right. I'll be right outside. (laughs) Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Right. I'm assuming you take your wine with you. Do I take the glass or do they give me a to-go sippy cup? Oh my God. Like one of those Mardi Gras (laughs) to-go. You're going to take the glass outside the room, but this is the private back room. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. So I'll be in like 
the main room looking at all the other shiny sparkly stuff. Sure. Alagresta takes the hint and she gestures with her hand and the various attendants carrying the jars of very expensive dust skedaddle. So after everyone leaves the room, I'm going to turn to her and I'm going to say thank you very much for selling your wares to us today. I am absolutely sure that the quality of them is going to be well appreciated by those who appreciate finer things in life, such as myself and my benefactor. What are you trying to do here? I'm trying to name drop Khaled. Okay, so then name drop Khaled. Do you know a wizard by the name of Khaled? I want you to roll an intimidate check. Sure. Please tell me I'm proficient. I am... It's a 25 intimidation. The moment you mention that name, the entire expression of lazy greed shark, Mm -hmm. the confidence fades and her jaw sets. You kept that information from me. Yes, I did while someone was next to me. But now that he's gone, I would like to have a truthful conversation with you. See, I know that he's doing more important things right now, but say if you weren't fully honest, I'm sure he'll have no problem teleporting himself over here to give you a piece of his mind. What do you say to that? Let me take a look at those diamonds again. Sure, sure, yes. Why don't you go ahead? I'll just open the handy haversack to her. She pulls out the whole chest, opens it up, pulls out the jar of diamonds, and snaps her fingers. Diamonds, darling. And one of the girls comes in carrying the jar of diamonds. The other ones. And then disappears and reappears. Mind the thumb. Mind the thumb. Ah, yes. This one here is extra sparkly. (laughs) He's looking at quartz. What was your name again, darling? My name is Lieutenant Banked Marceau. Lieutenant. Yes. I deeply apologize for the mistake of my underling here, who brought out the accent grade rather than the spell component grade. I see. It was absolutely her mistake, and I will punish her severely for her error. Allow me to make the necessary changes. And she weighs out the correct amount of spell component grade diamonds. I'm going to keep eye contact with her. I'm sure it won't ever happen again. She shushes the other person along and replaces the 174 ounces of diamonds. I'm going to make my expression a little bit more inviting and happy, and I'm going to turn to her assistant, and I'm going to say, could you please? And I'm going to open my haversack back up again for it to be loaded into... Yes, of course, sir, absolutely. And she puts the little diamond jar back in, closes and latches the box, and pushes the chest inside. Thank you. And I bow to her, and I bow towards Allegressa, and I said, should we meet again, walk out the door. They're going to follow you out. Back to her sweeping grandioseness, she just sort of glides through the curtain. Thank you so much, darling, for coming to my wonderful little Galleria. If there's anything I can ever do for you again, you please let me know. Don't worry, we'll be back. As he gestures towards his shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, you will be back, and I will be happy to see you any day. (laughs) Of course. And next time I come, I'm going to have to ask you about the hair treatment you use for that beard. I can never get the same type of sheen. Oh, of course, darling. I would be happy to trade beauty tips with you. Martello, we're leaving. Oh. As you're walking out, Banked, You pass by a display case, and deep within your, well, your entire being, you feel this intense hunger. And your body, of its own accord, moves 
and presses against the side of this display case. I need you to make a charisma saving throw. Oh, goodness. It's an 18 for a save. With the 18 save, you don't flatten out and engulf this display case. Oh my god. (laughs) But you are now shoulder-checking the display case, and your hands are pressed up against it, and it's all you can do to maintain your form. And directly in your sightline, there is a fingertip-sized chunk of blue kyanite with some black specks in it, and with a very clearly displayed price tag of 25 gold. How much for this? Well, darling, the price tag, it says um, 25 gold. Can I position myself to make it not look super weird? I'm going to have you make another charisma check. Let's make it a performance check. Okay, okay. That is a dirty 20. Oh, you are very nonchalant. You're just leaning against the case and you're pointing absentmindedly at this chunk of kyanite. I am going to take out 25 gold and I'm going to just place it on something near me not really moving away because I'm afraid of what will happen if I do move away. Well, of course, let me just unlock the display case. And she takes out this ring of jeweled keys around her neck once again, moves towards you, if you would. Uh, Yes, please. And I'm just going to, like, (laughs) sidestep. Still making contact with the display case. Yeah. (laughs) She click unlocks it, takes the piece of kyanite, she locks it again, she places it on top of the display case. I do so love when someone makes an impulse buy. Yes, indeed. Sometimes, you know. (laughs) Just can't help it. Instead of putting this in my bag, it's very pretty. Do you mind if I hold it? Well, you've just purchased it, my darling. Thank you. I'm going to hold it and walk out. Should I hold it? The moment you touch it with your fingertips, your fist closes around it, and it's gone in your body now. Yeah, I expected that. You feel incredibly lightheaded these emotions and feelings welling up inside of you most of them very raw very powerful very primal given your charisma save from before it's not going to do anything to you outwardly but you are definitely going to be walking out of this place stiff like you've got to poop real bad (laughs) i see have a nice day and i'm just gonna walk out (laughs) mark tell is gonna fall hey uh what was that? What did you buy? It's something very, very pretty. I can show it to you later. Oh, I'd love to see it. I'm just going to continue walking. <laughs> um, I feel real uncomfortable right now. A second wave of primal emotion washes over you. Oh, wow. As Martello's following behind with Lefou, like, that's odd. After this wave subsides, things sort of calm down, and you just feel this overwhelming sense of satiety. You were hungry for a long time. That hunger, when you didn't even realize how hungry you were until that moment. And then all of a sudden, it's as if you had a huge meal. And everything calms down and gets quiet for now. Oh. So now you guys just did a murder in the back room of the week old tuna. Hot. I mean, what? And Bambi's the disposal man. But there are a bunch of witnesses outside that knew that that guy was back there. And the bartender knows your faces. Do we have to murder all of them? I say we just leave. <laughs> Do you really think anyone really can? He was a pirate. Would anybody find him until morning? Yeah, they didn't hear us, right? The bar is still open. Yeah, but, like, 
is the barkeep going to come to the back to check on this guy? So that's a good question. Greg, I want you to make a stealth check for me. Oh, jeez. Here we go again. I got a 15. No one seems to be coming to the back room, despite your lip-smacking meal. I say we ninja out of here. Is there any, like, back door? Or are we in, a, like, a basement sort of thing? Or You're in Venice. There are no basements in Venice. Yeah, I was about to say. You're in the back room. There really is no back door here. Okay. But most businesses have a back door. This is true, but you're in the storage room. Yeah, there wouldn't be another door to the storage room. Is there a possibility that this guy could have gone out without the bartender seeing? Highly unlikely. Back room has one way in, one way out, and it's in full view of the bar. Okay. So can we just say he's still sleeping? Sure. You can make a deception check. Okay. So we get out of the room, because we have to. At disadvantage, because even though it was an off-the-cuff remark, I did mention the barkeeper just sort of poked his head in and said, they left you behind, buddy. (laughs) And the bartender knows specifically Greg's face. What if we pull the bartender in and murder him? Greg is on a killing spree. (laughs) What do you guys think about that? Can we frame someone? Listen, I don't care what we do. To be honest, I'm so angry. So the bartender, when we walk out, the bartender's going to be like, you murdered him. Like, what's, how would he know? I mean, you're currently covered in blood, so. Oh, yeah, he is covered in blood. Unless we pull a distraction. Oh, I like that. Let's light the place on fire. Okay, that was my first thought, but not where I was going. (laughs) I was thinking more so along the lines of last time we went out with the crying and the sobbing and the screaming. I do have prestidiviation or different, however you say that word. What if I lit the bar on fire? Isn't prestidigitation an illusion, though? No, prestidigitation is a physical man. It's, it's, it's a wave of the hand and a dove appears. You wave your hands and you're clean now and wearing clean press clothes. Okay. You wave your hands and the campfire lights. Prestidigitation is hand wave magic, like a small quality of life thing. Okay. Yeah, a small flame right on the bottle of vodka. If we did it in the line of sight of everybody as we were walking out somewhat quiet like that would cause kind of a panic and everybody would have to run out of the building and then pd would have been lost in the panic yeah so we have to create a situation where everyone is leaving the dark side of family the dark (laughs) something that's gonna create a panic where everyone's gonna freak out sergeant you got an idea sorry i'm just double checking the instructions that she left for me I'm just sore that I don't get to keep it. Yeah, right. Next guy I'll try to keep for you. Darling, we'll get your rabbit. Or whatever. Or that idea. Whatever you want. So is she in on it? She's up for lighting a fire and walking out. What do you think, Bambi? Do you think there's a better idea? I think the best idea would be a distraction. I'd feel real bad about... You know, the establishment going up in smoke if it gets that bad, but um, as long as we take the bones with us, Petey could just be lost in the panic. Yeah. No one would notice because every man for himself, no one's going to be looking for some drunkard in the back. So we have to scream fire. Bambi, you are feeling... Oh, no. 
this goosebump chill sensation run up and down and the sensation of biting your lower lip is just getting like harder and harder and harder almost to the point of being painful you're also getting a sort of antsy muscly tingle in the front of your thigh and also a healthy keeping slick sensation on your tongue from scummy morning teeth due to the myriad sensations she's feeling Greg and Sanjana are just going to watch her go, you don't understand. Like turning her head sideways as if she's talking to someone who's standing next to her. You don't get it, do you? You just don't. The slick sensation on your tongue is still fierce. However, you do also feel a very, very tentative grip on your hand. She reaches up and wipes her eyes again and takes a deep swallow as if trying to steady herself and then realizes that she's in front of two people. Anyway. One day I'm going to ask you about that. One day we'll talk, yeah. Yeah. All throughout this, Bambi, you've been experiencing this mild sensation of fingers dragging over your scalp. <laughs> me too, buddy, me too. There's going to be a lot of crying gut after this. All right, are we ready? So which one of us is going to do the screaming? So my plan is to light the alcohol. And I think, Bambi, you should be the one who screams, Oh my god, there is some fire! We must run! Or whatever the hell that someone would do. Does that sound right? Good to me. I don't know what the order should be of running out, but we should let the fire spread a little bit before we do. You ready? What about you, Sanjana? Fire doesn't bother me. I'll stay last. You'll make sure it spreads? I'll make sure. There's alcohol in this room. Yes. Quite a bit of very cheap booze. Everclear. <laughs> I love how our bard has an instrument and chooses to cast with parts. Oh my god, this is wonderful. It is true. You do have an instrument for stuff like this. <laughs> but okay. I could play, but it just breaks my heart. It's in character. But music. <laughs> Let's roll for alcohol proof, shall we? <laughs> ever clear. Ever clear. Ever clear. Ever clear. I possibly clear. have good news for you. Or bad news, depending on your perspective. I rolled 50%. So it burns, but it doesn't explode. Okay. Perfect. We're in a wood building. Yeah, and that's also good for um, letting it spread before people notice. So the cask is on fire. There is definitely some flames going right now. What kind of building is it? Is it like a thatched roof building? Stone and timber with an easily replaceable roof. Okay, so the timber is, is going. Well, the roof would probably catch first if we made it big enough. All right. Who wants to throw some more stuff in this? What's around the room? Y'all go on ahead. Honestly, this is exactly what I expected when I asked you to play D&D &D for the first time. I knew you'd burn a bar down at some point. Wait, did you? Is that what you thought of when you saw my face? It always happens. Every single D&D &D player has a phase where they burn a bar down. Oh, man. I've never done it before. This is my first time. <laughs> Oh, you're reaching a milestone together. I know. High five. <laughs> the barrel catches, and then it spreads to other barrels. And then it spreads up. 
and now it is very much out of control. So in D&D, Venice is screaming fire in a building still protected. Let's say as long as there's an actual fire, it is protected, yes. Cool. <laughs> it's not a movie theater. Just want to get that civics lesson in. Yes. Oh my god! Oh my god, there's a fire! Oh my god! Fire! So what happens? <laughs> At that stage, the room is burning. I already directed Greg to grab the bones so that the bones wouldn't be seen. Thank you for retconning that. I did. I actually said it. So in that case, the bartender is going to run back here with a bucket of water, take one look at the flames, toss the water, and then go back. The other people in the bar are running in. What What will we do? What will we do? What will we do? Get the sand! Get the sand! Get the sand! They're trying to put the fire out, and you have advantage on your stealth check to leave. Cool. 21. God bless it. Well, that's what advantage exists. Oh, I have advantage. Thank God. Well, you don't have to roll again for Greg because you've already gotten the best you can get. Wait, you got two in a row? I got two 21s in a row. How stealthy am I? Greg disappears into the night. <laughs> Bambi got an eight. But then again, Bambi is the one screaming. So everyone sees you screaming as you run out of the room and exit the bar, whereas the other two, no one ever notice. You leave the weak old tuna burning behind you. Now, with hopefully some answers, maybe some more questions, as Four Bells approaches. Thank you for listening to Rock's Fall, Everyone Dies. It would really help us if you subscribe, share, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise, additional sound effects courtesy of zapsplat.com, and our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. Find more of his work on Twitter at John Bliss Art. Our episodes are produced by me and co-edited by our resident mushroom, Jin, who streams on twitch.tv slash phantomquip. Our social media manager is our favorite surly turtle, Sombra. You can find all of our social media handles and full show notes on our website, rfedpod.com. 